If you work in accounting, finance, accounts payable, audit, or a similar field and have concerns about AI potentially eliminating your job, is there anything you can do? Absolutely. And by the way, a healthy concern about AI is not a bad thing, and I believe everyone should prepare for a future enhanced by AI. I've had a number of conversations about this very topic with my good friend and colleague, Jamie Radford, and it suddenly hit me. We had to collect all this information and share it with our audience. So we came up with a three-step plan anyone can use not only to protect themselves, but also to help them thrive, which I believe you can do, in this exciting new environment. If I worked in accounting, finance, accounts payable, audit, or some similar field and had concerns about AI potentially eliminating my job, I would take certain steps. Uh, I'm guessing you would too, Jamie? Absolutely, Mary, absolutely. So I would start off by being proactive rather than reactive, um, trying to be in the driver's seat. Um, and I would start off by um, learning as much as I could about AI and the impact it's going to have on the market and most specifically my job. Yeah, I totally agree there, Mary. Um, that whole proactive reactive is the, the great strategy you have. You know, don't shy away from it. Go and actively find out what's going to happen with your role. So the next thing that I would try and do is understand how a lot of these technologies work, not only the AI ones, but all the other new applications that are coming at the accounts payable, the accounting, the finance field. And um, I would do this uh, by going to two sites. I would go to the service provider's site and look and see what they had up. Sometimes they'll have videos showing you how their service works. And I'd also look at YouTube. Um, many of the service providers will post stuff on YouTube and you can look at it to your heart's content there. Uh, what about your dis discussion groups, Jamie, at the APA? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got some forum discussion groups, Mary, and, and as you're aware, so you're absolutely right. You've got to go and learn from the experts, learn from the, the solution partners, go into the forums, and don't be afraid to ask the question. Trust me, there's never a stupid or a dumb question. Ask the question and learn from the answer. Right. <clears throat> I would also consider, seriously, by the way, enhancing what I call related skills and in the accounts payable space, we're seeing a big push um, on analytics. Uh, we expect that to be the next big field. And also, um, over here at least, and I'd be interested to see what you have to say about the UK, Jamie, um, regulatory reporting, all the different, uh, we have the 1099s, which you're lucky enough not to have, um, sales and use tax, unclaimed property, all that. Um, is there the reporting that's required is increasing? We're now having state 1099 reporting, for example, and uh, the the states and the feds are getting better at monitoring because they're using all this new technology. So it's easier for them to find our mistakes. Therefore, we better do a better job. Yeah, it's exactly the same in the UK and Europe, Mary. You know, the the amount of reporting. It once was sort of KPI departmental, it's now a bit more legislative. We're trying to adapt that. So we've had discussions around dashboards, making data easier, using Power BI and reporting tools, but absolutely the, the information that's required is on the, on, the, on the up. So make sure, again, using Mary's points, make sure you're aware of this, make sure you're understanding what's available to you and what the legislation really will be. In the UK and Europe, it's slightly different, sounds like a little less complex than the States, but at the same time, 
it's all about the quality of the data, making sure there's no errors in that data as well. But you have some reporting that has to be done, Jamie, that we don't do with the Prompt Payment Act. We do, yes. So we, we have um, very focused on payments. So it's it's making sure that organizations, whatever they say their payment terms are, they're adapting and they're, they're, they're honoring those payment terms. So you have to do that on a sort of quarterly basis. And the UK, for depending on different turnovers, number of employees, it's one part in the UK definitely that businesses actually use as well to see whether they're an organization they want to work with. So if you're not paying on time and you're, use, you're using cash probably for the wrong reason, suppliers and customers are having that as a relationship challenge. So yes, yeah, so we have that legislation. It is a bugbear because it's a lot of hard work, a lot of data, but it's legislation in the UK. So one of the areas, Jamie, that we haven't been focusing on, and you and I, we're probably both guilty of this, but I see it in the corporate world at large, is we have not been, and nor has corporate been that focused on providing training in the soft skills. And I'm wondering if that will see a resurgence, do you think? Oh, 100%. Um, I mean, the association, yeah, the AP Association, we do some soft skill training, but there's, I think with the, AI, there's new technologies coming to the fore. So you've, you've got to start looking at the softer skills. And I think there will definitely be a sort of a, an insurge of relationships, building relationships with suppliers and customers. Having the softer skills rather than the technical skills is definitely going to come to the fore again. When I started my career, Mary, it was all about the softer skills. And it's done a full circle, it's coming back. And I definitely think it's all about who you know, how you know, and the people uh, within our industry and in our profession, that's what's going to come to, uh, to light very soon. Okay. And the other thing, and I'm terrible at this, you're great at this, but I think that's going to be more important than ever is networking. Uh, because there, there are going to be some disruptions in the marketplace, and there are going to be some people who uh, need to go out and find a new, new job, either because their job was eliminated or they're not happy with how their job has evolved. Um, and I ran into this uh, concept, which again, you've been doing, um, you do it all the time, and I don't, I'm not as good at it. It was called continuous networking. Yeah, look, Mary, it's, it's, it's lovely to say that I'm, a, that I'm good at networking. The only thing I would say about networking is that whether you do it online or face-to-face, -face, everybody's a person. So it's all about respect, isn't it? You know, you and I, Mary, we meet each other virtually and face to face, which I'm honored to meet you many times. But if you treat people with respect, so go out there, build those relationships, build your network, whether it's online, if you're networking, let's say you go on LinkedIn and you start to reach out and connect with people, remember, they're not just a virtual connection, they're a person. They want to know what they can give to you, what you can give to them to start that relationship. So network. I promise you for your careers, especially in the payable to P2P world, is so crucial because you'll learn, you'll get opportunities from your network. So make sure you're building that network all of the time. Right. And that's also sometimes how you hear about job listings. You know, they always talk about uh, job listings that aren't posted. And that's sometimes how uh, people get new jobs. In fact, um, I can't remember, I do remember who it is, but I'm not going to embarrass them and say so. But um, there are at least two people that I can think of who got their jobs through networking at your conference. 
They did indeed. And, and there's, a, there's a whole bunch of people. So there's, there are probably two people we know about, Mary. Uh, and I'm guessing there's lots of others. And the reality is it's people are afraid to use things like LinkedIn. They're afraid to put themselves out there, to put their profiles and connect. But it's, it's your opportunity to learn, to educate, to network, but more importantly, look for opportunities. You know, it might be that you're not, you're not going to be made redundant or you're going to lose your job. You want progression. Go and ask, go network, find the jobs and the careers that you really want to do. And you can only do that if you go speak to people. So never be afraid of networking, try and be confident. And by the way, Mary and I, we've built our networks by being confident. So reach out to us. If you've got challenges, come and speak to us. We'll more than happily help you. And by the way, we met on LinkedIn. We did, we did yes. indeed, Mary. <laughs> okay. So that's a lot about what you can do to kind of build your, your skill set and uh, take care of yourself. Um, but I think step two, and I think this is going to be more important than ever, and it's hard. I got to admit, it's hard for me. Um, and that is you need to be flexible and adaptable. Uh, there's a lot of new technology coming at the uh, accounting space, the AP space. Everybody's going, it's going to be uh, at it. And don't be that person who says it won't work, uh, we don't need it. Uh, don't be that person who is fighting it because that's not that's not a good career move and it never goes over well with your bosses. So you wanna be the person who learns a little bit about it. It's not hard, you don't have to learn a lot and you wanna be that person who is embracing it because it's the wave of the future and you know, you can't, what we say over here, you can't fight City Hall. Yeah, and, and I totally agree, Mary. And you know, far too often, when you go into accounts payable teams, procurement to pay teams, you hear the, the, the terminology, but it's always been done that way. So why would I want to change? The reality is, we've got to adapt, we've got to embrace change, we've got to look at better ways of doing things. And the only way you can do that is don't silo yourself. Make sure you're learning, you're educating yourself, networking, all the things we've already spoken about, but the flexibility and, adapt and being adaptable is so crucial because, let's be honest, your, your, your view here, Mary, is very, very consciously the right thing to do. If you push against change, guess what? It's going to be harder for you. Absolutely try and be flexible, adaptable, but also embrace it, embrace that change. Look at the positives, look what it's going to do for you and your career, and you'll have a successful career. That's the way to look at this. Right. We had um, a, a talk on um, our podcast and on the YouTube uh, channel, which if you haven't seen it, I would suggest that you go see it. It's uh, uh, Gemma and she did, she wrote a poem about accounts payable. She actually got, got up and gave it at a conference, a Jamie's conference, where there were 400 people in the, in the audience. And she told me after we finished taping, she said, I couldn't have done that a year ago. Um, I think she could have, but uh, she didn't have, she said she would not have been able to do it. And I just encourage everybody to just take a little step outside their uh, comfort zone. I have a link to Gemma's, Gemma's talk if you want to hear, hear her do the poem. Um, she was really quite impressive. Okay, and for those of you who don't know Jamie, he is the CEO of the Accounts Payable Association, a global organization headquartered in the UK. I was recently lucky enough to be asked to present him with a Lifetime Achievement Award at their most recent conference. And as you hear his insights regarding career change, you will probably understand why this Lifetime Achievement Award was well-deserved. And then after you've done that, I think at some point, probably most of us 
are going to have to take this step three which is even harder than being flexible i think and that is to realistically and i emphasize the word realistically evaluate your future all of our futures are going to be very different i think thanks to technology i look even at myself and what has what i've done in the last five to ten years and what i do today even though on paper it might seem like the same job is very different than how i did it ten years ago so you might want to have a conversation with your department head if you think there's going to be a lot of change to see where you know the function is going talk to your manager etc to get a realistic view because sometimes we don't we can't look at the future realistically when it comes to ourselves yeah, I totally agree, Mary. And I think, you know, that whole terminology, evaluating your future, I mean, that could be good. That could be a good thing at all times, you know, so don't waste until something's happened or going to happen. Always looking at your future. Look at what, what makes you happy. Is the career of choice or the employer you're working for, are they the right ones? Is it what you set out to achieve? You know, hopefully you've got life goals and the life achievements. You've got your personal life, but the, the evaluating your future, I don't know about you, Mary, but if I looked at my 16-year-old self to where I am now at 50 plus, they are totally different. And when I set out at 16, I wanted to conquer the world. And actually, I reckon I've achieved some of it, but actually there's still lots of things I want to do. So I'm constantly evaluating my career, but I'm really proud of what I've also achieved. So no matter what life throws at you, especially in our world, the payables, dust yourself off, evaluate, and go get it again. That's the way to do it. So if you become convinced that there's no future for you, and uh, I really say that this will only be a very, very few uh, folks who are listening to this, but if you, you think there's going to be no future than you in what your role is, you might consider transitioning to another role. Now, when I say that, let me make it clear that this is very difficult. This is not the easy way out. The easy way out is to learn about this technology and figure out how you're going to use it. But if it, it just seems like that is impossible, um, you might consider transitioning. Keep in mind, this will probably mean another department or another company. But I would only take this road if I felt there was not going to be a place for me and place for me either at my company or at another company. So what I'm talking about basically is a career change. Um, I hope I've made it clear that this is a drastic step, a last resort step, and it is still going to involve you learning new skills, okay? And maybe a lot more new skills than you would be if you just learned how to use the new technology. So if you think, you know, you're going to do this to avoid um, learning about new, step, new stuff, you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, I totally agree, Mary. And, and I think, look, everybody starts somewhere when you have to stop and change your career. We all do it. We've all done that probably in our past. But you, everything is always about learning. Even when you get to, the, to the, the, the highest position, you really think, there's a saying in the UK, I'm not sure if it's the same in the States, um, the grass isn't always greener on the other yes, side. Yes, and, and for us, some people, they say, okay, I really want to go and do this. They get there and they realize it's not probably what they want. So that evaluating your role, your career, all that good stuff is really important. But actually, make sure what you're now setting out to do is what you really want to do, because there's always going to be learning. So don't jump out of the fire, fire into the fire pan, that there's another saying in the UK, and make sure you're evaluating. But really importantly, 
always try to learn. Don't embrace the changes, especially when it comes to technology. Every role you do, whether it's in finance, marketing, sales, will have some form of technology. So you're going to have to learn and you're definitely going to have to embrace it. Um, I will confess that I'm on my third career change, but each of those changes was kind of based on the skill set that I had built in the, in the prior career. And you, I think, maybe you're not up to three yet, but you've had a few changes uh -huh, along yeah, the way. So, so, so I, yeah, I moved from finance to procurement and then back from procurement to finance. And now I'm a business owner. So I have a different set of skills now. Um, but, but all along that, my career was sort of paved to a certain degree. And I made conscious decisions about what I wanted to do. So rather than sit there and be done too, I actively looked at my career. I wanted to go a certain direction. If it didn't quite work, I didn't maybe change it. But I'm constantly evaluating what's good for me, for the organization I work for or work with, and ultimately makes you happy. Let's be honest. 80% of your work, your life is probably at work for a certain period. You've got to enjoy what you do. That's a really important factor as well. Yeah. So what all this translates into, I think, uh, Jamie, is continuous learning and apparently now continuous networking. It also highlights the speed at which issues, best practices, and technology changes are happening in the business world. You really have to be on your toes to stay ahead of it. That's why we recently did a talk on change in accounts payable. You should watch it right now using the link that has appeared on your YouTube screen and is in the description. Good luck.